Um, we are here. We are here. We got here. Uh, and I believe the reason why is because we wanted to come and celebrate new life. We wanted to come and celebrate a living hope that we have. Jesus of Nazareth, the bread of life, the true vine, our great shepherd, Messiah, the Christ, the God of all comfort, the God of all grace, faithful and true, the way, the truth, and the life, the Son of God, the Word of God, the Savior, the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah, the Morning Star, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are here to honor, to worship, and to lift up the name of Jesus. This is a privilege and joy to get to stand here and proclaim the good news to you this morning. And I'm so humbled and grateful to be here with you. My friend uh, Greg Hook uh, on our leadership team shared this statement with me. He said it's one of his favorite statements. And this is it. It's a pretty simple statement. The world rolled over from B.C. to A.D. when Jesus called Mary by her name in a garden at the break of day. Every, everything has now changed. Mary. Anything is now possible, amen? That's why we feel so stirred and we get so encouraged and we get so strengthened when we hear baptism testimonies and we watch the symbolism of what someone is saying has happened in my life, and we, we, we don't know what to do but just stand and applaud. It's like better than a Denver, Denver Broncos touchdown. Would you agree with that? It's like, it is like, it's like palpable heaven. It's like a thin, thin space that we're experiencing on earth, like heaven is invading. And it's why we get so stirred by it, we're so strengthened by it, because everything has now changed, Victor, right? Because of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And everything has changed, which means that anything is now possible. I don't know where your life is today. I don't know where your mind and your heart and your story lands on this Resurrection Sunday 2023. I don't know how you got here. I don't even know why you came. I don't know what questions you have or even what burdens you carry, but I know that you carry burdens. But if you have been asking God in your life to, to show up, to, to be of help, to be of strength in your life, to help you endure, to help you find healing, to bring restoration, reconciliation. If you have been asking God to somehow, some way, God, show me a sign. I am an answer to your prayer. I'm the sign. Here's the sign. Everything has now changed, and now anything is possible. Jesus is alive. If you might not know the story, the story of the good news, the, the too good to be true news, the gospel story. Here's the quick, here's the quick overview. God, God created us. 
and he loves us, and he created us in his own image, in his own likeness, you were created. To be in relationship with God, to be in relationship with one another, he created us for eternal life in the Garden of Eden, where the tree of life is, which gives eternal life. But we rebelled, and we said that we were better off doing life all on our own. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Uh, We have turned everyone to his own way. And well, that just, that didn't go real, real well for us. And our pride brought into the creation pain and suffering and death. And God, who is full of holy and righteous justice, banned mankind from the Garden of Eden where the tree of life is. But God, but God who is rich in mercy, but God because of his great love for us, but God made us alive together in Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. I I wonder if the two most important words in all of the scripture might be, but God, but God who is rich in mercy, but God with a great love in which he has loved us. He has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. You see, at just the right time, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son to redeem all of the broken things. God sent his son to make all of the sad things become untrue. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was pierced for our transgressions. And with his wounds, we are healed. And he, Jesus, he himself is our peace. He is our redemption. He is our reconciliation. He is our restoration. Jesus is our rest. Jesus is our shalom. But God, Thanks be to God that though we were, we were because of the fall of mankind and we got caught up in the same stuff, the same independence. I'll have it my way. I'll do it my way. I'll trust my wisdom. We were slaves to sin and death, but now, but God, but now we are free by mercy and by mercy alone, we are forgiven. By grace and by grace alone, we are saved. I, I grew up in a small little country church, and we sang small little country hymns. And we used to sing the song, I think, on every Sunday. Well, one was, up from the grave he arose. You guys might know that song. But the one I'm referring to is the old rugged cross. Anybody know that old hymn? So you guys grew up in old little country churches as well. The old, old story of the rugged cross and the resurrection comes with an invitation from the one who hung on the old rugged cross. Jesus' words, if you are weary, if you are heavy laden, if you have burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. My yoke, my yoke is easy, 
My burden is light. The world's yoke, you don't want that yoke. I'll give you rest. Jesus' words, come and see. Come and see. You are invited. Come and see. Come and follow me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through a relationship with me. Jesus' words, I speak of heavenly things. One of the first sermons, announcements, messages of Jesus was this. Repent. Change your mind. For the kingdom of heaven is near or here or now. And it's because I am standing here because I am the savior of the world. Jesus bringing a kingdom to the earth. And so he says, I speak of heavenly things. So if the son of man, so the son of man must be lifted up and everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. I want to I stir up heaven today. I want to stir up eternal life amongst us today. B.C., B.C., ancient wisdom, B.C. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says this, God has set eternity in the hearts of mankind. God has set Eden in your heart. God has set the tree of life into your heart. God has set eternity into our hearts, but I think if we're honest, like thinking about eternal life, that can be, that can be a tough thing to get our minds around. Would you guys agree with that? Like just thinking about eternal life, that that's, seems out there, perhaps. And what I would like to just encourage you with in that today is that the scriptures actually bring revelation to eternal life for you to know and understand and see it. See it, not just with your spiritual eyes, but literally see it. Paul says these words in Philippians chapter three, our citizenship, our place, our belonging, our true citizenship is heaven. And so we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, author uh, Randy Alcorn wrote a book just named Heaven. And in the book Heaven by Randy Alcorn, he makes this statement, you were created for a person and you were created for a place. The person is Jesus and the place is Heaven. I want you to think about that for a second. When you think about heaven, what, what do you think of? Like, where does, your, where does your mind go? What do you, where do you go in your mind? Perhaps you might remember as a kid, perhaps, or even as an adult, I don't know, you, you lay in a field or in, a, in grass, and it's a beautiful day, and there's all these clouds. It's a beautiful day, but clouds, you're just looking up in the clouds, and you're just imagining heaven up there, out there somewhere. I remember doing that as a child. Or we live in Colorado. We're so blessed to live in Colorado. We get these amazing sunsets every day in the West. We look West. There's these amazing sunsets, and there's clouds and the colors, but there's like the rays of sun like shining through the clouds, and you can see the rays, and it always makes me think of heaven. I even tell my kids, like, what does that make you think of? And they say, heaven. I don't know if, that, if you resonate with that at all or not, but like that arouses in me. But if I'm going to answer the question that I ask you, uh, think back to your earliest childhood memories of heaven. For me, it was shaped 
by a small country church with really uncomfortable pews. Not unlike the uncomfortable pews you're sitting in right now. I'll just say that. And uh, my mom was right here playing the organ. She could, my mom could slay on the organ, you guys. And it had, I mean, it's like this level and this level. They have two levels. And she's just, my mom's slaying. And my dad's up here in the choir top row. Up from the grave he arose. And my job, my job as a child was to sit on the front left pew. And my job was to be still, and my job was to be quiet. And when I wasn't still and quiet, I'm just going to paint this picture for you. My dad would come out of the choir, and he would come down to me right here. And there was a center aisle in the church I grew up in. And he and I would take a stroll down the center aisle. And everybody's looking at you. And we would go out on the front porch, and I would pay for my sins. (laughs) True story. And people tell me these stories. I remember, Jason, when you were little, and your dad would take you out, and I can remember you saying, no, daddy, no. (laughs) Because I knew what was coming on that front porch. And I got to tell you, I had the thought that heaven must be like an eternal church service in the sky as a young guy. And as a kid, that just didn't feel too awesome to me. Um, What do you think about when you think about heaven? Randy Alcorn, again, from his book, Heaven, says these words, in order to get a picture of heaven, which will one day be centered on the new earth, In the new Jerusalem, you don't need to look up at the clouds. You simply need to look around you and imagine what all of this would be like without sin and death and suffering and corruption. Kingdom of God, new heaven, new earth. Thursday night before Good Friday... Jesus with his disciples in the upper room, enjoying together the Last Supper. Jesus knew they were about to go through some really, really hard things. And in that space, in John 14, he teaches them and he gives them an awakening, a vision to what heaven is going to be like. Why do you think he would do that? So that as they're going through the hard things, they would keep their eyes on the glory of the promise of heaven so that they would be able to endure suffering. And he wrote these famous words in John 14. He makes it clear that he is preparing a physical, tangible place for them. And he says these words, do not Let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place, a place for you, a real place, a real place for you. The writers of Scripture present heaven in lots of ways. Uh, Scripture teaches us that heaven is a place like a, a garden, 
Like we, we can see a garden. You understand what a garden is. Like heaven is like a garden. Heaven is a, it's a, it's a city on a hill. We, we understand that. We can see that. It's a kingdom. We are helped in our understanding of heaven in our understanding of eternal life. I am going to prepare a place for you. Paul says these words, Romans 6. Speaking to the church in Rome, it says, after the cross, after the ascension, the people gathering together to celebrate the truth of the gospel, to encourage one another in their lives. And Paul writes them a letter to encourage them. And he says, you have been set free from sin. Holy, the holy justice of God has been satisfied. Sin has been atoned for. You are sons. You are daughters. You are forgiven. You are free. You are a family. You are the children of God. You have been set free. And then he says, and the benefit that you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. God has set eternal life in your hearts. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've been freed from sin and death, and we have been freed to Eden a restored hope of Eden. I want to take you back to the very beginning. First, first two chapters of the Bible, Genesis 1 and 2. Everything is good, eternal life, humanity living in fellowship, uh, in eternal life with the living God. And then that choice, the fall of mankind, that choice to disobey, to do life our own way. The fall of mankind, Genesis 3. This is how Genesis 3 ends, Genesis 3, 21 to 24. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Before the fall, they were naked and unashamed. After the fall, they were hiding. They were afraid. They were ashamed. And they were doing everything that they could to cover their shame and to hide from God. And God, in his mercy, clothed them with animal skins. We've talked about this before. What has to happen for Adam and Eve to be clothed with animal skins? A sacrifice is made. Blood is shed. And God, in his mercy, clothed Adam and Eve. And and the Lord, God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which He had been taken, and he drove the man out, and he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim, angels, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. In mercy, God clothes Adam and Eve with a sacrifice. Are you with me? 
Why, think with me, why did God also ban Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden as well? The Garden of Eden, where the tree of life is, is eternal. In mercy, God clothed them. And in mercy, church, he banned them from the garden so that mankind would not live forever in their state of corruption. And he put angels there to protect it. Because of mercy, mankind was banished from Eden. And because of grace, mankind is given the redemption to return back to Eden again. Those who believe in Christ and his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection will be resurrected, hear this, will be resurrected to see and to receive from the tree of life again. The tree of life is the tree of eternal life. The tree of life is Jesus. I am, I am the vine, you are the branches. For apart from me, you can do nothing, but in me, you will have eternal life. Tree of life mentioned three times in the book of Genesis, four times in the book of Revelation. Creation, Genesis 1 and 2. Fall of mankind, Genesis 3, banned from the garden. The work of redemption, restoration, redemption, restoration, redemption, restoration, reconciliation, redemption, restoration, over and over and over and over again until Jesus returns again. New heaven, new earth. Guess what the scriptures talk about? The tree of life. Think about this with me for a moment. The eternal life-given tree created to sustain eternal life of humanity and God, Eden, Genesis 1 and 2, New Eden, Revelation 21 and 22. Jesus is the one who holds eternity past Eden to eternity future, new heaven, new earth, New Eden, and by his death in our place, his resurrection, our hope, our hope of eternal life is totally secure. I'm going to read Revelation 22, 1 to 6. I'm going to invite you, if you would like to, to close your eyes and let me just read this. And I just want to invite you to have the imagery to allow your mind and heart to, to think on heavenly things. These are the truths after Jesus returns in his second coming. Revelation 22, 1 to 6. Then the angel, and I wonder, could that be the same angel that's been guarding the Garden of Eden since Genesis 3? The angel showed me the river 
of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. It's a real place. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. And they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night, and they will not need the light of a lamp or light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. And the angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. Amen. Access, access to the tree of life will be reinstated for humanity. Are you, guys, are you guys picking that up with me today? Access to the tree of life from the Garden of Eden will be reinstated and darkness will be forever banished. Our lives eternally sustained as we depend on Jesus and draw from the fruit of his provision. The curse from the fall of mankind will be no more. No more tears. No more pain. No more suffering. No more death. Eden will be fully restored and all will be made well. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It is well with my soul when I raise the gaze of my eyes to look and see heaven and know that my citizenship is there. Eternity is written on our hearts. Heaven is in you now. Greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Like you're, you're created with eternity. It's already set in your hearts. And the spirit of grace, the spirit of Jesus is in you. Heaven is already in you. And heaven is to come to which I declare Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. I want to invite you to stand. I want to read a passage of scripture, and then we're going to worship again. And as you're standing and as we prepare to read this passage, I just want to tell you that this, this trough of water is still up here. It's still up here. And if Michaela's testimony and her step of obedience and Victor's testimony and his step of obedience is stirring something in you, and you, you know Jesus, you believe in Jesus, and you're following Jesus, and you have never been baptized, I'm just saying, we got a baptism tank right here. And we can do it today, right now. Actually, it happened last service. It was pretty fantastic. And so I just, if that's stirring in you, I'm going to be standing right over here. Just come talk to me. We got two songs. Just come talk to me, uh, and we'll, we'll celebrate again. You guys won't mind, will you? 
Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Let's read this together. Read this with me. Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. Let's worship together.